The Gator Women's Basketball Podcast is on the air. From the CJC on the campus of the University of Florida, it's the next generation of Gator sports media personalities bringing you the latest in Gator sports, courtesy of the Orange and Blue Sports Network. It's your Gators Women's Basketball Podcast. Welcome to the Women's Basketball Podcast in the Orange and Blue Sports Network. I am your host, Hannah Mack, and this is episode three. So exciting, and I am really glad to be back with you guys this week. We have some basketball to talk about, as we normally do. Florida has played two games since I was last with you, and one certainly went better than the other. Um, Let's start with the good stuff, the good news. First up, uh, the Gators hosted Texas A&M on Sunday, January 28th, and came out victorious. This was huge for Florida, as they had lost two in a row to Mississippi State and to Ole Miss. The Gators came out firing and ended the the first half with a double-digit lead over the Aggies. Once again, the offense was fueled by none other than Leilani Correa. I'm sure you guys are tired of hearing me talk about her, but she is just incredible and continues to be the offensive firepower for the Gators, so I'm going to keep talking about her. She had 11 points in the first half, and three-point specialist Kinza Salg also added to the score with a couple of daggers from beyond the arc. Texas A&M shot atrociously in the first two quarters. They shot 14% in the first and about 23% in the second, which is very, very low for them. Florida, on the other hand, actually shot pretty well until a brutal third quarter. The Gators went one for nine in the third, missing both of the threes they attempted. The saving grace for Florida, however, was getting to the line. Uh, Florida shot 26 free throws this game compared to A&M's eight. However, it just wasn't enough to slow Texas A&M down at the beginning of this quarter, and the Aggies scored 13 straight to start the second half, and they took their first lead of the game 31-29. Momentum shifted back and forth throughout the third quarter until the Gators took over in the last 10 minutes. They tallied 24 points in the final quarter, which is exactly what Florida needs uh, before they headed up to Baton Rouge to take on a top-10 LSU team. Uh, Florida did beat the Aggies with the final score of 63-51. Big performers from this game were Correa with 24 points as she was the only Gator to reach double digits in scoring. Faith Thu and Jariah Warren combined for 16 of Florida's 34 rebounds and were forces yet again on the glass. Since Kelly Ray Finley's time at Florida as the head coach, the Gators are yet to lose to the Aggies. They are 4-0, haven't lost a game to Texas A&M yet, which is... Very impressive for Finley. The next opponent Florida would face would be LSU, who was ranked ninth in the nation, as I mentioned previously, on February 4th when the matchup took place, according to the AP poll. The timing of this matchup for the Gators was just dreadful. It was the worst possible time for them to, one, go on the road and take on this very experienced, very well-coached LSU team. Uh, but LSU had lost two straight before playing Florida with very, very cl- close losses, too, to South Carolina and Mississippi State. LSU was out for blood, and I think this game would have turned out pretty differently if if they hadn't already lost those two straight. I think it would have been a lot closer. After not seeing the floor for two games, Aliyah Matharu was back in action against the Tigers. The Gators certainly missed her as she did total 20 points against LSU and was the leading scorer for Florida. 
I know, surprisingly, it was not Correa. Correa did still have a pretty decent outing with 13 points, except it just was not enough to match the energy and the consistent scoring of that LSU offense. LSU pretty much outperformed Florida in almost every category. Uh, The Tigers did have six scorers in, in double digits compared to Florida's only two. So rebounding was a very big problem for the Gators as LSU totaled 59 boards compared to Florida's 34. The Gators' biggest issue was definitely shooting or, well, a lack thereof. Florida normally hits a decent amount of shots from deep, and and they shoot very well from the free throw line. They get to the free throw line, and, and they normally make 70 to 80, sometimes even more, of their free throws except LSU was just able to disrupt their entire offense as Florida shot 4 for 23 or a little over 17% from deep and a little only over 50%, a little over 50% from the charity stripe. LSU had many second-chance opportunities and were able to tally 24 of these second-chance points compared to Florida's only four. On a bit more of a positive note, Florida was able to force some turnovers for the Tigers. However, they ended up committing quite a few of their own. Uh, a category that the Gators did dominate was fast breaks. Uh, with Aliyah Matharu back, the Gators could play that aggressive man defense that they liked to do with her leading the way. However, it just wasn't enough, and the Gators fell 106-66 to to the Tigers. Now, it is time, after we've done our little recap for my favorite segment, and I know it's yours too, it's going to be Players of the Week. For offense, I know it seems repetitive, but you just can't not pick Correa. I mean, Mathuru, she did have a great game against LSU, tallying 20, but she didn't play against Texas A&M, and I just don't think it was enough to, to overpower the offensive play of Correa. So I'm going to have to go with her, and she did reach double digits in her 13th consecutive time, um, dating all the way back to the game against Marshall on December 2nd after that LSU game. She continues just to be that offensive fuel, and it kind of raises the question of, can Florida win without her having a big night? I think that they are more than capable, but I'm worried that the offense has become almost reliant on her as the primary scorer, and I just I need to see bigger performances from other players uh, that I know I know it can happen. They just they just need to step up and do a little bit more, and then I think Florida can kind of get the ball rolling with some possible some more SEC wins. So at the other end of the ball, for my defensive player, I'm going to have to choose Faith Dew. She had her season high in rebounds against Texas A&M with nine. Her success in the paint fuels the rest of the team, and you really see a difference whenever she has only a couple rebounds versus, you know, four plus. So her and her and Warren combined can cause lots of trouble down low for the other teams and their post players, and, and I think... I think Kelly Ray Finley, she she needs to put some emphasis on that and really really try to motivate them and get them to to perform the way that they that they can and it, it really makes a difference for Florida whenever the team is just cohesive and it looks like they are a brand new team um, like wins against Texas A&M. 
So, just to recap a little bit about what we have talked about after a win against Texas A&M and a loss to LSU, Florida is now going to be 11 and 9 overall and 2 and 6 in conference play, excuse me. Next up for the Gators is a matchup against 17 and 7 Arkansas at home on Thursday, February 8th. Great great game for the Gators to to get some momentum back after LSU just took all of it out in in Baton Rouge. So it's inexact tech. It's home for them. This is this is good and I think that they will they will definitely appreciate having having a home game after taking such a large beating. Um, so the Razorbacks are coming off of a super close win against Auburn with Talia Scott dropping 33 against the Tigers. This is Scott's third 30-point outing this season, and she does more than just shoot the ball well. She's a great defensive player, totaling three charges uh, against Auburn, and Mathrew or whatever player Finley does decide to guard Scott will, will certainly have their hands full trying to keep her contained. So, after battling Arkansas, Florida will have a chance for redemption with a matchup against Mississippi State on the road. The Bulldogs are riding high after beating LSU, Kentucky, and Texas A&M over the past few games as Florida will look to kill that win streak after Georgia takes their shot on Thursday. Next week's episode will recap these games that I just mentioned and look ahead to the following week, uh, along with everybody's favorite segment, Players of the Week. Alrighty, that is going to do it for episode three. Thank you all for watching the Gator Women's Basketball Podcast on the Orange and Blue Sports Network. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at OBSNGators. You can also follow me if you would like on Twitter and Instagram. The Instagram is going to be Hannah MM08. And then on Twitter, it's going to be Hannah Mack, M A C K 03. Alrighty, thank you guys once again for tuning in. I wish you all the best, and I will see you guys next week as we recap some more basketball. See you later.